Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz on the phone lines with me, as always. This is a reaction podcast. Uh, By now, I'm sure everyone has heard, Juwan Howard is Michigan basketball's next head coach, replacing John Beeline. They went about 10 days uh, without a coach, but Juwan Howard, former player during the Fab Five era, part of the Fab Five, 19-year NBA career, and has been coaching with the Miami Heat for the last six years. We're going to try to cover all the bases that we can, you know, the impact, recruiting, how it went down, whether it was handled right, what this hire means, expectations. We're going to try to try to handle it. We're going to work pretty quickly through this podcast, but first, right off the bat, uh, Steve, how would you grade this hire you know, using the A letter scale, obviously the answer is really what you know. Ask me in three years, and then we'll grade it. But but just from what was what we know was available, what Howard's uh, capabilities are, what he's shown as an assistant with the Miami Heat, how would you grade it? Tough one. Um, B B plus probably, which I don't think is like a bad thing. Okay. I think of the candidates that actually did come to the, the forefront in the search, like legitimate ones that Michigan probably could have gotten. I, I think I, I still think I'd take him over anybody else. Um, you know, like Ed Cooley. Like, no. You know, it's like, I just right. think, you know, here's my thing is, you know, like, it takes a. Uh, for a guy, like, if a guy's good enough, sorry, I'm, like, really stumbling right now. I'm think, trying to think of the right way to say this. Uh, a guy who's getting NBA, potential NBA gigs, to me, I think is good enough to coach at the college level then, right? Uh, let alone the fact that he has deep, deep roots and deep, deep passion for the university. I don't understand why people don't think that he'd be a great recruiter. At Michigan, I know there's no tangible track record there, but you know, as as I think many may know or have known, uh, he was pretty much helped put together the Fab Five as a recruit. Uh, he was the first one to commit, and really was just kind of the uh, another member of their staff in trying to reel a lot of these guys in. You know, one of the first reactions I saw after his hire was announced or that the deal has at least been agreed upon was from uh, Mac Irvin Fire, which yeah. is one of the prominent AAU programs in the entire country with a very pronounced, uh, you know, kind of congratulations to Howard on getting hired. Uh, to me, that's noteworthy that people in the circles that people want, like fans would want, are, are taking notice of this. So, you know, I, I think the biggest question, and we talk about this, I think we talked about this in our team chat thing earlier today was, can he just, it's, it's really going to be more about how to run a college program mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and stuff. Right. I think that's where the biggest questions are going to be because again, like from a strict basketball point, like standpoint, Again, if you're if you're an NBA franchise and you're gonna ha- and you're willing to consider handing the reins over to him, there's no way you can't tell me that he at least has the knowledge and ability to be a successful coach, strictly coaching 
at the college level, right? I do think it'll be that other periphery stuff might end up being the bigger question. Um, again, and I'm not like inside here on this at all, but I just I feel like I think the opportunity is there for him to be a great recruiter. And so, um, all things considered, all the candidates that legitimately came to the forefront of the search, I just I think it was. I think it's their best case scenario. Again, very. If this was going to be a gamble, no matter who, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you consider the names that we went over and, and that were interviewed or were rumored to be interviewed, not the pie in the sky guys that never got talked to or the ones that rejected yeah. it right, right away. That fans immediately put out there to just set themselves up to be disappointed about when it was inevitable that they were never going to consider it. But, um, you know, I think. Uh, all things considered, I think this is a, a good move for Michigan. I think it's a high, how do we say it, like a high ceiling, you know, type move. Like, I think this could be a great, great move for them. Uh, but no doubt there's some risk involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit higher than you. I give this higher an A-, minus, just knowing who was out there. I think, I think this, even with some of those pie-in-the-sky guys, I think, obviously, Brad Stevens, Billy Donovan are, are even higher, but... But you know some of the other names that that were thrown around. Got I put Howard up against all of them, and yeah, there is a risk, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in this podcast. But it's he does have to be his own GM, right? NBA coaching, you're just coaching. You don't have to put together your whole program. So in some ways, college is harder. Uh, you know, you don't get to tank and draft somebody. You do actually, and you don't get to. You don't get to release someone who isn't doing a good job you know you have to honor the scholarships and and you kind of get what you get and if you do poorly you're just going to get worse players because recruiting will will cool off but this is someone who it's everything you probably want in a Michigan coach minus the experience you know he had an NBA career he can he was a McDonald's All-American he can level with with those types of players and communicate with them in a way frankly John Beeline probably couldn't either from a recruiting standpoint or a coaching standpoint, you know, he gets what it takes to be successful in basketball today. He has a good track record developing uh, big men at Miami. He was also in charge of the defense and was really kind of the number two, the, the, the associate coach is the term that's often used for someone in his role. I mean, this is someone who has been a part of basketball at the highest level, both playing and coaching. I, I really, and I don't think anyone else on the list had what he has now there are certain things that we'll talk about the questions and the challenges but this is someone who has been successful in everything he's done it's not his fault (laughs) the nba wanted to hire him right out of his playing career right you know it's not like it's not like he it's his fault he didn't go to college he had a nba assistant coaching job in miami on on the table so no a minus hire for sure obviously uh, you know, the lack of head coaching experience prevents it from being an A in my book. But given the circumstances, I, I do think Michigan had a good hire. There are questions, though, and including retaining assistance, including what he's going to look like as a recruiter. And we can we can look at that now, actually. Let's do, let's do recruiting impact. You think he can recruit. I've started to look at some of these other players. The uh, you and I were talking earlier today, the NBA Jam era. You know, players who were stars in the '90s. You know, your Penny Hardaways, your Patrick Ewings, uh, some of those other guys. 
has not been not a ton of cases of recruiting success really being there i think the one exception of course is penny hardaway who might reel in the number one overall class this year but even with that it's a seven person class which is a huge class and three players are from memphis and he coached them in high school and aau so this is not i mean you know i think the comparison i would use is it's kind of like when chris partridge was the primary or was a you know a key recruiter in the rashawn gary pursuit and it's like you know no no Chris Partridge has shown he's a great recruiter everywhere, but he also had this relationship with James Wiseman and a couple of the other players that he didn't. So I don't, you know, people keep saying, oh, well, he'll be able to walk in, say, hey, I'm Juwan Howard. I'm part of the, I was part of the Fab Five. And I don't think that's going to have jaws on the floor like some fans do. That said, and Steve, you've been able to experience this on the football side. I do think young coaches, he's 46, 47 where it's beeline with 66 i think young coaches have an advantage i think coaches who were players understand how to kind of recruit these players without being annoying but also make them feel like priorities i mean you know i don't i don't know how far his name's gonna go that remains to be seen patrick ewing is not recruiting well at georgetown which is very bizarre was just looking at their commitment with Georgetown as we speak, actually. Yeah, it's not not a, good. not an overly impressive thing. So there are some challenges. So I'm curious what you've seen in football, either guys coming from the NFL or former players recruiting. What do you make of, of his potential? And then obviously what, what key characteristics are is he going to have to showcase early on for this to be successful? Uh, energy, passion. I mean, that's really the crux of how to recruit a lot of it's effort based right Mm -hmm. um i'll tell you what he got some free ass recruiting material (laughs) when lebron comes out and and i I mean it though i mean that if that's not something that they're going to use in some capacity they'd be stupid not to i mean that's you know what more do you want as far as like uh you know vouching for a guy and his ability uh, to get it from LeBron and Dwayne Wade, you mm-hmm. know, and, and let alone Weber and Rose, but you knew that they were going to come out right. and be in, you know, with this, you know, before he was hired. So, um, you know, it's passion, effort, and then also there's just that, that intangible ability to connect. And uh, again, that's another part where I'm just kind of going off intuition here, but I think that's something he'll be able to do. And then the other thing is too, though, uh, you got to hire a staff around you yeah. that can recruit. Again, that's that's you know you talk about with Harbaugh and Michigan on the football side. Um, the guys that work under you are the ones who are a lot of times going to be doing the majority of the recruiting. So you're going to want to surround yourself with some strong, you know, with a strong assistant, you know, group of assistants or whatever that are going to you know recruit their butts off and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of a combination of all that stuff. Again, you you definitely want to know people too. I mean, that's that's also half the battle. Which again, I go back to that one AAU team, which I'm not big on the AAU scene. But that's, I mean, and that's the thing is like I'm not big on the AAU scene, and I know who Mac Urban Fire was. So that yeah. you know, <laughs> like you know, to get that, you know, so he there have been some noteworthy people names that have popped up, you know, standing behind him or, or that seem to be happy with this hire, you know, that I think 
maybe kind of bode well or at least paint an optimistic picture for how he'll be able to recruit. I mean, well, you saw Jalen Wilson, you know, who backed out of his letter of intent, did the uh, eyeball emojis. The eye emojis, yeah, it was just huge. The eye emojis, um, <laughs> you know. So, but it, I mean, at least it, it, the the hire at least seems to have piqued his interest too. Maybe a good early litmus test, right? Because he's kept the door open to Michigan the whole time. Uh, it could be a good early test to see. I mean, what if he reels him back in? I think that'd be you're gonna already look at that and say that's a pretty significant win because even though he didn't close the door, it's always hard to get a guy well, to kind of come back. And, and even if they'd already, yeah. To real quickly talk about Wilson, he is the third best uncommitted recruit right now in the country. Actually, second best because McDaniel's who has a very close connection to Juwan Howard. That would be another test to see if Howard could flip that commitment real quick, Jaden McDaniels. But, yeah, it's right now it's R.J. Hampton and Jalen Wilson are the top uncommitted recruits. So every school that's has scholarship availabilities right now is looking – it's like, you know, sharks in the water, and all of a sudden Jalen Wilson's there. And right. so it'd be but, – but he's receptive to Michigan. And I do think a lot of it's going to come down to retention. But, but I think you have a good point. There are people, you know, your credentials help. You know, being in, having a 19-year NBA career helps. But I think it, from what I've been able to gauge, both in football and basketball, it really is going to come down to, like, your name gets you in the door, but what you do once once you have their numbers or once you're talking to the recruits regularly, that is, that is the difference maker. And that passion and that, I don't want to say humility, but you do kind of have to go around the country and, you know, treat every 16 year old that's interested in you. Like, like they're the, the best, they're the, you know, face new face of the program when they might not be. Um, so right. it's, right. it's an no, interesting it, dynamic. It is. I, uh, yeah, again, I mean, with all this time's going to tell, I just, I guess my initial instinct was that I'm not overly concerned about the recruiting aspect of it. Be honest with you. I mean, I think he's going to end up recruiting pretty well. So okay, okay. That's what I say. If you again, that's it. Like you know, if you vibe with guys like LeBron and Wade and stuff, uh, you got to have. You know what I mean? Like that's that's to me. Yeah, that means he's something. not. It's so, not like he's this unlikable guy. That that is something right, worth worth right. noting. Is like you know, there's a lot of former basketball and and I do think NBA players have a kinship that other leagues don't uh, because it's so few players and because. It, it's there's so much interpersonal contact and you know everything and so so I do think that's part of it but yeah this is a likable guy who who has a by the way you know for those curious about his recruitment uh very interesting reading up on it I didn't grow up in the era so I had to read about it but you know he's from Chicago he was raised by his grandparents and or his grandmother and really the way Michigan beat out other schools Arizona State and Illinois and and whoever is first they they understood that his grandmother was really i mean nobody he didn't listen to anyone as much as he listened to her so that was part and other schools didn't realize that so that was a big part of it and then two they had a 30-day evaluation period and the michigan assistant coach watched juan howard 28 out of those 30 days and so it was a real like like I think he under his recruitment is a good testament to maybe how Michigan 
Because Michigan, you know, just because they have Juwan Howard, I think there's a misconception that suddenly they're going to go toe-to-toe with Kentucky and Duke every year for five stars. And I don't think that's the case. But some of these players in the top 50 that maybe they lose to a Kansas or a North Carolina or a Midwest school, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana, I think they'll be toe-to-toe in those ones. And I think I think I feel like Juwan Howard understands how and but I do think one big question and this might be the biggest question is is who's coming with Juwan Howard you know who's who's joining the staff because I think um Shaka Smart and maybe we'll end up talking more about these other candidates I think he was very smart to get this rapport with Luke Yaklich uh because that suddenly made the decision very interesting for for Yaklich is you know do you go with Shaka Smart or do you go with the new guy at Michigan? You know what do you do regarding retaining Sadie Washington? Uh, I think John Sanderson. It sounds like he wants to stay. I think it would be really really negligent to to let someone like him go uh, based on everything right. he's done. He might be. I I don't study strength and conditioning coaches, but he might be top five in the country without even a question. He might be number one. Um, so it's, so I'm curious to see who they keep. I, I haven't heard anything in particular. There might, this might be one of those things where after we publish, there'll be some news, but, um, I read one, there was the, there was one, and I don't know if it's reputable or not, but it made a lot of sense that said, you know, that Michigan's going to have a strong influence on who he hires okay. as an assistant, which I think initially, again, that uh, we're just talking here, but you know, that'd be my preference if I was a, if I read that as a fan I would that would be my preference you know as far as yeah I think he'd rather have some guidance there and who to bring in um, I don't know maybe not but I think you again you this isn't then this is where you get you talk NBA versus college you know to me I think that's where the whole you, you don't want to just bring in the best exito guys that you can you the right. recruiting aspect has to play a major role in who you hire as your assistants I mean it's it's a you know you have to you know because in college a lot of it is still the team with the best players on the floor a lot of times is going to have the best chance to win you know and that's not always the case but it's just different in the NBA where a lot of times system or X's and O's can maybe play a little bit more of a role Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not. Yeah. Well, savant, but I just like you know, the, we see the same ish, ish teams. You know, in the dance every year, much like in football, we talk about it all the time about the teams that recruit better. Usually, you know, have, have always always have a better chance. It feels like to still be standing at the end of the year, and uh, so you got like your assistant coach, your staff as a whole, it has to be at least partially geared towards who can recruit the best possible players. Well, and you also have to think, I mean, the culture of the team is really important too because, you know, Saudi Washington, he's obviously shown that he can recruit and so is Luke Yaklich, but I think they just have a really good chemistry with players. And, and that's just from what I've been able to gauge covering uh, you know them as assistants and other coaches as assistants. You know, and, and it's not like Saudi Washington was. It's not like his resume was a mile long when he when Michigan hired him, but he was a very good fit. And and I think 
it's it's someone who was able to recruit once he got the resources a little bit and once he had a a better package to to recruit with so it's yeah i mean and the other thing you have to think about if you lose two of the let's say four let's count john sanderson in that in that four to make it four deandre haynes Sadi washington luke yaklich john sanderson i think if you lose two of the four then you start looking at maybe players are transferring maybe players are are looking elsewhere and suddenly and that's that's not something i mean you know they made this higher for the long haul or the uh, you know the long term but you do have something going we'll talk about expectations for next early expectations for next year this podcast and then in future ones but you don't want to necessarily lose what you have and i think there's an argument i mean nobody compared to some of these other coaches who coaching hires how many how many teams have to hire a coach after a 30 win season that that return maybe two of the most valuable players on the team it's not very many you know usually teams that hire new coaches they have to rebuild something this doesn't need to be rebuilt if anything they just want to do as much as they can to retain it so i'm very curious to see if how much juan howard sees that because he he wants to run his own program but i don't know i feel like luke yakulich is one of the top 10 assistant coaches in the country Saudi's probably in your top 25 uh you know and they're here and they're happy here and their kids go to school here and and or not at Michigan, but in the Ann Arbor, Saline area. I don't know why you would not do everything you can to keep both. I mean, unless unless Juwan's got someone that that we don't know about who he thinks could be a great college assistant, but I feel like most of his connections are in the NBA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Sorry, I'm doing some. I'm doing some Twitter sleuthing here. Okay. And uh, does it not appear that one of a uh, close member to one of Michigan's current assistants doesn't appear to be overly thrilled with the direction of the coaching search? So um, it's kind of interesting to me. Okay, Sorry. is that worth sharing no. on the podcast? Or <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, were we talking about that Luke Yaklich? Probably that Texas has been heavily courting him, right? Yeah, so, yeah, they have. Um, yeah, I can see that maybe being a possibility here. You know, it's like here's the thing though with that and that taking that whole angle. Uh, don't you think in in a way Michigan kind of like set it up that way to where by interviewing him for the head coaching job, it'd be kind of odd to then ask him to stay as an assistant if he didn't get it. Maybe I, so. So put your like, you, are you. you, you if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I'm a little surprised Yaklich hasn't gotten a head coaching job, period. Like, I, I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought he probably was going to get one this offseason. Not necessarily at Michigan, just at another school. So I, I'm i curious. You know, I, I, I think that's the interesting one. I think Sadi, I think is, you know, I think he might be more inclined to stay. But it all depends on the offers. I would think, if I were Luke Yaklich, I think just because I interviewed, I guess it depends on how I feel like I interviewed. If I felt like I could have gotten the job, because Saudi got an interview too, but I think that was more of like a, like they were going to interview every, but like he, he knows he's not necessarily qualified. 
or doesn't have the same credentials as others on this list. Right. Yeah, but Yaklich, you're right. That is a interesting dynamic because yeah, it does. It creates a really interesting dynamic. I mean, by interviewing for the job, aren't you kind of telling him that you know that you at least think there's a decent chance that he's ready? You know, and then to kind of go back, hire some, pick somebody else, hire somebody else, and then try to maybe come back and say, hey, we really want to keep you, though. You know, it's like, I don't know, I just think it kind of creates a weird, kind of leads me to believe that he's not going to be back. I mean, that's, that's I'm just reading between the lines here a little bit, but I mean, that's what I kind of feel like would be the outcome in that case. Well, I, mean, I do I, would, I do think he's know. crossed the line from a pay perspective. Like, he can't come back for the current salary. Like, he would have true, to be one of the, true. and I think he would deserve this. I just said, I think they're both top oh, yeah. 25 coaches. 100%. They probably should have top 25 assistant coach salaries. So, right. and Yaklich might need something. I mean, he almost, you know, it's not my money and it's not most of our listeners' money. It's it's booster money and athletic department money. But like, I would think his salary could justifiably exceed half a million based on what we've been able to track that he's done. Uh, well, and let's see how much, what the details are be- behind Howard's contract, and then they probably might they might be able to pay these guys a little bit more to stay. I guess you're right. Money's always kind of the equalizer in that regard, I yeah. suppose. So, but um, you do have to. I mean, if you're an assistant, you do have to go where you get along with the coach, with the head coach. And if you're going to be bitter about, and th- I don't blame Yaklins for being bitter. I, I probably would have put him second or third on on my list of you know viable candidates for the Wolverines. But if you're, if you can't be two feet in working for somebody, then don't. But I'm very curious about the Texas thing because, I don't know. If I were Yaklich, wouldn't I look at Texas and say, well, they're trying, they were, they're trying to get rid of Shaka Smart so much so that they were willing to negotiate the buyout down. Right. And so, do I really want to go somewhere where I could be gone in a year and doing this again? You know, it, you, I would almost, I'd be, if I were Yaklich. I would almost look harder at maybe some of the lower level head coaching jobs, see if I can get my hands on one of those and do my own thing. Then, or you could follow, you could go to Texas, have another season, and establish yourself as kind of a replacement, right? Or do you think? Oh, are you, mm. are you a if he hitches his wagon to him now? He's there's nothing he's going to be able to do to, you know, work his way into the job if they were to get rid of Smart. You know what I mean? I just I I think if if I were looking at Texas, I would really look at like how can I win here? How can I how can I look at this view as as a better decision than because I think his kid's about to be a senior in high school. You know, yeah. could you yep. stay one more year, showcase everything you've done at Michigan? Because like Michigan's not they're going to be good at defense next year, as long as Xavier Simpson and John Teske are healthy and playing, they're going to be a very good defense. And then you can say. Oh, I've produced three straight top five defenses after turning Illinois State into a top twenty defense. Like, could, you know, I, it, it, I guess it depends on what Texas brings back. I just, I don't know that I would see that as the better career move. But that's that's different than what we're talking about because a lot of this is hypotheticals and unknowns. We can stick back to Jawan Howard. So keeping so assistants are 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 a big factor, and we talked about recruiting. Uh, another big challenge, and we kind of touched on it, is the whole aspect of running the program, because as 
as we mentioned, in, and this is part of why Beeline left for the NBA. He also got a job offer, which he had not had before. Uh, but part of the reason he left is it's tough. It's every year in college. You have to recruit. You have to you lose recruiting battles. You have to deal with players leaving early in the NBA. You can trade. You can cut people. You can sign people to extensions. You can, you know, you have a little bit more power. Um, and you don't have to do it all yourself. You have a GM. You have a, a VP of operations and, and all the different positions. And to me, I think that's Juwan Howard's biggest challenge. Is I think he's been he's been able to do X's and O's. He's been able to work with players. He's been able to you know create this culture at Miami or help it help do so. He has not had to put a roster together. He has not had to put a schedule together. He has not had to put a practice plan together. You know, and Beeline was, you know, he had everything scheduled out in 15-minute increments. But there have been stories of some coaches who just are kind of seat of their pants and say, practice at four, be there. Uh, you know, and, and some of the things I've heard, those coaches don't last very long or they don't do very well. So it's... It's a lot of management that you have that he suddenly has to do. Um, he's always had the impression as like a hard worker and a very studious person, um, but it, I, to me, that's that's the biggest challenge he faces. No, I agree. I mean, that's the thing. There's it's it's we're we're saying that we like to hire, but there are a lot of unknowns, and it's almost kind of hard to go too in depth as far as what he is going to bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because people kept asking, oh, what is he like as a coach? And I'm like, hey, man, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> I have and one that's, paragraph to write. Yeah. <laughs> people have a fear. I think there's a just a natural fear of the unknown. Not even fear, but just, well, just a natural skepticism, I guess, of the unknown, right? Is that, like, because he's never been a head coach, nobody can, you know, kind of dictate, uh, you know, kind of, give up like or, or have any insight as far as what his style may be because he's never been in that position and that and again that's where all the questions you know kind of come up yeah rightfully so again i mean there's no debating that right i mean there's but again i just i go back to the idea and i understand the nba college basketball are so much different but i, I just go back to the idea if this guy's good enough to coach the minnesota timberwolves or whoever else he was going to interview with uh, you know then there are enough people out there that think this guy's a good enough head coach that you know he should that he's definitely worth the shot here. You know, with his connection, that's the thing. Like I talk about passion, effort on the recruiting trail. Uh, this is a guy that, and I say it, it, it is kind of there is a little bit of a Harbaugh parallel in there, though. Is this is a guy that loves Michigan, and that matters. You know, when you're on the recruiting trail, uh, kids and and families can kind of see that. You know, when you're dealing with people who really do care about the university that they're at, it's not just a the job that offered you more money than what <laughs> right. the other place did. You know, although and Michigan so, does offer more money than he's making at Miami as an assistant. Right, I get, I get that, but I'm saying yeah. like if it was like Cooley, you know, or who somebody else, it's like, well, you know, he probably left Providence for Michigan because they offered him a bunch more money than what he was making. There's no connection to Michigan there. There's no Right. You know, that like, connection would grow over time, maybe for a guy who's not familiar. Well, it did with Beeline, right? I mean, it's, so it's not, but you do get what I'm saying, though. It's like that there yeah. is that extra little, and it's like people kind of want to talk, like, talk about that. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think it matters 
a lot. I think it's one of those extra, like, perks, you know, is having a guy who knows the program, has been around the program, and loves the program, you know. Again, is that, I, wouldn't never, I would never hire a guy because of that. Right. But I don't think that I don't think that's the primary it was again I think it was something that played a role because but he also again as we said in my opinion he has the resume as far as again if this guy could you know he could have been the he could have been named Minnesota Timberwolves head coach last week if he had interviewed well enough. I mean, or if they had not had a guy on the inside and Right. I think he so, was number 2 with Cleveland too and the guy that beat him out is the guy he's trying to replace at Michigan. So it's not like, yeah, it, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I do think that will carry a lot. I just, you know, you go look at top coaches in college basketball. The only ones I come across who didn't, were never head coaches in college were Jim Beheim and Tom Izzo. And they were both decades ago. You know, Beheim was in the seventies and, Izzo was 90s, you know, Coach K was a head coach. Roy Williams was a head coach. Bill Self was a head coach. Beeline was a head coach. Um, you know, I maybe depending on how you feel about Greg Gard, but that's that's one that's not, I don't know that it's working as well as Wisconsin fans had hoped. And, you know, I think Tony Bennett was a head coach and Jay Wright was a head coach. You know, it's it's very much, it's not like football where you can be a coordinator and you're just you just go from coordinator to coach of the offense and then you hire good defensive coordinators it's not basketball's a little bit more fluid it, you have to run the program and run the team and so so it's a lot less common for coaches to coach at high levels without having been a head coach before but i think again Miami wanted him to be their coach before he even retired they, they, they asked him to be a head coach. He actually only retired because he wasn't allowed to do both. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I think he's really regarded as a coach. And, and I know I know that's been said a lot, and I, I get where people are like, oh, well, so what if he's regarded, and so what if he interviewed for these jobs, he never got the job or whatever. But, you know, they're not interviewing this, these guys for no reason. You know, there's, they're trying to put, put together a good team, and they think Jawan Howard is someone worth talking to. And, you know, the Miami Heat are a really well-put-together organization. Uh, they certainly, I mean, he only played for Miami for a couple years. It's not like he was, like, Mr. Miami and they owed it to him. No, they just liked what he brought to those two-time NBA champion teams and said, oh, hey, well, would you rather be an assistant coach than, than a player instead? Um, and And he's been there since. So... Yeah, I think there's a lot of respect, and I think the reason there's a lot of respect is his work ethic. I don't think it's, like, the cool thing to respect Juwan Howard. I mean, I think he just does a really good job with what he's asked to do, and and that's that's why he gets these interviews. That's why Michigan hired him. Um, certainly the nostalgia and everything played a role, but i got to think this is just, you know, he just it's was the best candidate, too. Factors, yeah, right? It's a combo of all of it. It's got to be. It's not a coincidence that he has a connection to the university and that he got and that he's got the guy that's getting the gig. I just, but there's just way more to him than that. That's the thing, right? I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and we both. It's gonna be really, it's going to be. It's going to be an entry. It's going to be a, a quite a ride, though. I mean, this is going to be. It's going to be really. 
Yeah. So. Well, let's 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 look at these next few months. It's pretty. It's a little too early to really talk in tangible things. We don't know what Jalen Wilson's going to do. We don't know who else Jawan Howard's going to go after. As of right now, they have three scholarship availabilities, and and Wilson could fill one of them. And uh, you know, we'll see. You know, someone like Javen Cumberland, a grad transfer. Maybe there's other grad transfers that take a peek. Uh, maybe there's other recruits that take a peek. You know, not not quite sure what, you know, as they learn more about what Jawan Howard's going to bring and what assistance he's going to bring. But as far as the team goes, they have Xavier Simpson. They they have John Teske. They have Isaiah Livers. I think all three could be first or second best in the Big Ten at their positions next year. I don't know if they will be, but they all, they all could be. Um, and, and Teske, I mean, how many, how many returning centers are, would be, you put ahead of him? I don't think you put very many ahead of him, right? I mean, Hap's in gone. conference or period? In the, in the Big Ten, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Big Ten, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hap's gone, Fernando's gone, you know, Xavier Tillman is, is, is good. Is Sticks a center? Nah, he's more like a like a four. He's like a Jaden McDaniels type. You don't, think, you don't think he'd play five this year for him? They got like a seven. This sticks is Jalen Smith out of Maryland. For those that don't know, um, it's <laughs> yeah, I should, I should have said that. Yeah, <laughs> as if we're constantly discussing on, Maryland man. basketball. <laughs> but um, no, Maryland got like a like a seven foot one guy, uh, a recruit. I'd I'd have to look up his name, but he was really highly regarded. Oh, so, so they probably have him. But yeah. You know, point guard, obviously Cassius is ahead of Xavier Simpson, but that might be it, especially if Jordan Bohannon is possibly out for the season with a hip injury. Um, you know, it's they're in good shape at, at those three positions. It's the two and the three. They need hole they need holes filled. And and I think they need more depth overall. But they also have three four star freshmen or re- three four star rising sophomores. And they, they didn't quite do it a ton, but I think, you know, this is David DeJulius, Colin Castleton, and Brandon Johns. All of them are on that same become a star by the time they're sophomores or juniors track, which Michigan has done quite a bit of. Uh, they've, they've, I mean, you know, John Teske and Xavier Simpson were guys that people thought were busts after their freshman year. And, and these guys are ranked higher than them in, in some of the recruiting rankings. And so, um, Definitely some questions, but you know, I, I said this earlier on, on the radio show. I don't see how Michigan doesn't figure to be a top four team in the Big Ten next year. Unless unless Juwan Howard really sends a lot of people away. Right. I I just I think this team has a pretty good starting point. And that makes sense because they won thirty games this year. You know, they lose their top three scorers, but if they can find a couple other people to score, you know, get a, get a little bit of production from some of these other guys. And, and who knows, maybe they add someone new, but I think you can still keep the expectations high. You just can't, there's just no known. Oh yeah. Beeline will definitely get the most out of this team. Like we don't know that part, but the team should be, I don't think it's going to be this bubble team or don't make the NCAA tournament team unless something sours, unless, unless there's, some serious, you know, chemistry issues or injury issues or who knows what else. But as of right now, I expect them to be in the tournament. I don't disagree. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, you got guys like Castleton who's probably going to take a step forward next year regardless. You know, he has it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Johns, too, I think, is a guy that is probably, you know. But again, here, that's just, you know, are we still operating under the, you know, they're going to take that next step because Beeline <laughs> right. has always turned, you know, has always developed, you know. But with the big guys, though, specifically, you got to think that Howard will, that they'll be well coached. And, and, and if this, we'll see if Washington stays on or not. But, um, you know, he's, Howard obviously has had a lot of experience with big men. So, right. Um, but, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's like funny. It's like, well, we know that Castleton's going to take that leap. And it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, and that's, that's what's missing is you no longer know. It's yeah. no longer a tried and true year in, year out thing. But and that's well, we that's where keep... we don't know yet. Yeah, because it could, you know, he may may very well, you know, pick up where things left off at least to some extent, you know. But it may end up being a deal, and this is kind of one of the flip sides. Is that, you know, this may end up being a deal where, you know, Michigan maybe they just recruit at a higher level now, and they don't. It would be line, you know, how there were a lot of mid range. And they were starting to show signs of recruiting better. I mean, yeah, they were starting to get top 100 pretty regularly. Yeah, I was going to say strictly from a ranking standpoint. Because, I mean, you, yeah. you know, the guys, some of the best guys that have come through, that came through the program under Beeline were some of the lower-ranked guys, right? So, which has always been his MO. So he's been kind of the one thing I think Michigan fans have always had a lot of pride about Beeline and how he built his program was, was that whole aspect. Uh, so maybe the flip side now is that they start to reel in some bigger names up front and just start with more college-ready <laughs> talent. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that, yeah. that might be might be where we're going, uh, you know. So just be interesting, like everything else. Basically, yeah. that's, that's yeah. really my only message today is this will be interesting. Yep. I do think they need, for those asking, you know, what, what are his first priorities? I think first priority is assistant coaches. I think second priority is figuring out – your you need a two and a three probably whether they're starters or really good backups you need a two and a three to help complement what what michigan has right now and what they you know because they have a great front court i think they've got a great back court as far as point guards go i mean simpson to julius and and brooks is a is a good point guard situation but you need some shooters you need some scorers you need some people who can do things at the wing position. And so that'd be priority number two. And then priority number three is learn how to become a head coach at the college level. And and, and right, that's, right. <laughs> you know, easier said than done. But I think, I, I, I think there are reasons to believe Juwan Howard could be up to the task. And, you know, based on his career, based on his work ethic, based on how he's approached these things before. You know what he's done so far. I mean, because you know you don't become he you don't become a 19 year NBA veteran without a really good work ethic, without a great coachability or great ability to learn, without being studious. I mean, a lot of people can make the NBA, but 19 years. I mean, he played 1,200 NBA games. The only player in Michigan history who's played more is Jamal Crawford, and so and and. Crawford got a head start age-wise and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – like I said, 
Probably an A minus. I I do think when we first started this, I think we said it it should Michigan needs to go after someone with head coaching experience. But I think we also, if I'm not mistaken, we also said unless it's Jawan Howard and he he interviews really well. Right. So oh, you're right. Well, because yeah, when this when this all happened is yeah he was already interviewing for some of these for some of these NBA jobs. No, right. I don't remember. Who exactly did he, I know he interviewed Minnesota, and you said you mentioned Cleveland too, right? Yeah, and I in the past, there was some talks about him with the Lakers. Okay. Uh, and sure. I know at one point he was a candidate for the Knicks. It's hard to tell, though, because I do think being named as a candidate and, like, actually being a candidate. I think the last two, Minnesota and Cleveland, I think he was an actual candidate. Sure. Um, I don't know. Oh, Lakers. Yeah. LeBron, right? That much right. Was, he was probably behind that one a little bit. So, <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, isn't he? I mean, he pretty much runs that show like he ran it in Cleveland. So, right, right. Um, you know, again, so yeah, that I mean, going back to that, though, again, like for people, the recruiting side of things, man, they're, they should be making graphics with that quote on it and sending it to every kid that they're going to recruit. I mean, that's just such a, a little piece of gold. Uh, it's a golden ticket right there for recruiting when you get LeBron on your side or vouching for your ability. Noted to Ohio State alumnus. <laughs> yeah, I know, big time legend, LeBron James. Yeah, yeah no, that's what he's, when they gave him his own locker at the football stadium. Like, what a joke. You know, uh, it's funny. Oh, well. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I think that's that covers the bases for now. Obviously, there'll be tons of news about this in the coming days and weeks. Fully, I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think Michigan has officially announced, so... Hopefully we don't look like fools, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the hire, and I'm pretty sure Michigan's happy with the hire, and we'll see. Interesting steps lie ahead, though. Um, I, you know, just like the coaching search, you don't know what to expect, and but we'll be here covering what we can. So for Steve Lorenz on the phones, I'm Zach Shaw. Check out our stories at 247sports.com, themichiganinsider.com. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.